Hey, welcome to the Redefined Life podcast. Today we're talking to DeFi Dude. And how about you? We start um, with having you just kind of tell me about what part of crypto has kind of got you fired up right now and, and excited about about crypto in general. Yeah. Uh, so kind of given in the name, but definitely DeFi is one of the areas of crypto that like really has me going. Um, you know, there's so much going on in DeFi and even now it's like, you know, a year ago, it was so easy to stay on top of all this new DeFi innovation. And it's even nowadays, even I'm struggling to keep up with everything that's going on, but, um, definitely would say DeFi is like my number one favorite area right now in crypto, at least I would say. Yeah. And is that, um, I guess, like you said, I mean, it's expanding so fast. I guess what, uh, specific components or, or aspects of DeFi is it yield farming or, or yeah, what exactly is it that's, that you're yeah. going down? So yield farming definitely is cool. Um, I, you know, I obviously getting money on the side just by farming, you know, more yields always a good thing. But uh, for me, it's more of just like opening the possibilities of like, how can we take traditional finance and kind of innovate, you know, traditional finance, put it on DeFi if it makes sense to. And what can we do there? You know, whether it's like uh, lending and borrowing and that kind of thing, um, and just even things like leverage trading, which is extreme, but stuff like that. I would say less so yield farming. While I think it is great, there, you know, I don't think that yield farming is like a huge innovation. I would say um, that like really has me amped up. But you know, money is great. So if you can yield farm on the side, it's always a good thing. Sure, uh, but lots of different areas. But I would say not yield farming, but lending, borrowing, those are the two big ones. It's just trading assets. Like I come from, you know, uh, I, I was a video gamer as a child and I was always into these open economy games like RuneScape, World of Warcraft, where you can, you know, openly trade these items with other players. And now it's like nowadays video games, you cannot like anything you have on your account for most games, you can't give to someone, you know, that type of thing. So seeing it in crypto, you know, being able to trade these real life assets, even well, real life digital, um, like NFTs, that kind of stuff without any kind of restrictions and stuff. Like, I think that's, that's awesome too. It seems so simple, Uniswap or swapping, but at the same time, it, you know, it, it is very powerful. So what do you, what's your kind of job in crypto right now? Yeah, right now my main focus is with reality cards. Um, I, I'm full time with them, but it, it like specifically more community stuff. Uh, again, kind of goes back to that video game era, social um, social side of things. And video games always, you know, RuneScape, World of Warcraft. It, it is very much a social game. So carrying that over to crypto, um, just being in the community, you know, hanging out and really kind of to put it like simply, I guess. Um, Maybe it would be considered like growth, I would say, but really it's just having fun in the community. Make sure your community is having fun and um, just kind of, yeah, being fostering, I guess, a healthy community for, I mean, not only just reality cards, the project that I work on, but um, even Ethereum, you know, the Ethereum is a decentralized community ecosystem. So very much do need community builders, um, which I would say is partly what I do. Um, so what exactly, so I've heard a lot of folks talk about uh, non-dev roles and, and they primarily focused on this kind of community manager job title. So can you tell me a little bit more about exactly like what that, the day-to-day -day of that kind of role is? Yeah. 
Um, it, it really does vary depending on, of course, the project or, you know, I mean, I guess it's different for, for a lot of different uh, projects, but at the very basic level, it really is like, like I said, fostering a community. So, you know, ensuring people are, you know, happy in your community, answering questions, just um, doing fun things within that community. Like, um, you know, for, for Ethereum specifically, I, I run like just out of my own, you know, personal free time, you know, not for pay or anything, but like kind of, you know, running community calls every other week where it's like, I, you know, people from the Ethereum or crypto ecosystem can come in, we can all just hang out, talk about what's interesting us at the time um, and what's going on. And it really is like, it, it sounds so simple as like, wait, you can get paid to do this, but it really is like, you know, forming a bond almost with the community and just really getting out there into all these different projects, seeing what's up, seeing you know, who's in these projects, who's hanging out here in this discord, that discord, and, and really like almost bridging them sort of, you know, you're just kind of like everywhere, I guess. And you, you, it quite literally is just hanging out in the community and doing what, you know, what comes up, attending calls, attending events, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so it sounds like, it sounds like a mix of, of education, you know, as, as people have questions, um, possibly troubleshooting, uh, being present just to get your name out there and in these various kind of hangout spots so that, you know, whichever protocol or project you're working for, uh, you know, kind of as a, as a inherent effect of your presence, you know, people will see like in your bio that you are associated with reality cards and, um, you know, it's promoting your projects or the projects that you're associated with through your involvement with these with these other kind of locations where people in the community are interacting. Is that, is yeah. that kind of an accurate? Oh yeah. 100%. And a community management too. It's like people often like will joke about it or, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, it's really a joke, but it, it isn't just so like cookie cutter community management is this oftentimes you'll have community managers. They are also doing business development. They also are doing growth or social media marketing. You know, it's like, they, they often will take on many other roles that are like in a traditional world, you know, it would be a specific role, but um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think you put it perfectly though. Uh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, and so with that, with that role, um, is that something that, you know, I guess in order to be eligible or, or tapped to be that person for reality cards in this case, um, did you know people at that project beforehand or how did you get noticed at first? Yeah. Uh, so this probably take me a few minutes to explain um, the pathway to here, <laughs> but it is uh, so early on. I, okay. So for reality cards specifically, uh, I did know someone, I, I, I caught them very early on. Like I saw they were working on reality cards. It, it spawned out of a hackathon actually last year. And I knew someone that was like closely working with them and they were like, Hey, they're kind of looking for, for this. So, so that helped me there. However, I was in, you know, I was doing community stuff, uh, long before reality cards for like Kyber network, most notably, uh, popular decks or decentralized liquidity protocol. And really how it started it, the very, very like beginning of me getting in crypto, mind you, I'm young. I, I have no college experience and even people getting into crypto, like I, I have my friends and they're like, well, I don't have a degree in this, or, you know, my resume might not look good. And I always tell them this is crypto. That stuff does not 
you know, it does not matter. It does not carry over. Sure. If you're applying for some very technical role, yes, having some degree in this or, you know, whatever might help, but, but this is the wild west. So, you know, there isn't really, you know, you shouldn't go into crypto saying, oh, well, I don't have this or this. I'll just give up, you know? So for me specifically, no experience. I grew up video gamer. I'm, you know, I'm young, got into crypto right out of high school. And honestly, how everything started, I was sitting in, well, I began like on Reddit. I, I spent a lot of time on Reddit communicating my thoughts and getting into things back and forth, just spending every day researching, looking up, learning crypto. And eventually uh, it led to, you know, I was a fan of Kyber Network and I actually posted a, a thing on their subreddit and that's how everything began where I was criticizing the DEX or DAP. You know, I mean, I was an investor, I was a big fan, but at the same time, it wasn't without things that I noticed like, hmm, you know, what, just criticism, general criticism. And so I put out a big thread you know, I was kind of going back and forth with someone from the team and they were actually like, this is the kind of stuff we love. You know, we love to see this kind of criticism and these, this thinking you should join us on our telegram and, um, you know, whatever. So I joined their telegram. This is before I used telegram or anything else, only Reddit uh, for my own enjoyment. And so that's really what kind of kickstarted. The moment I got on telegram, I was like, okay, carry the discussion over there. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, if I do, I kind of want to make this, you know, a career at some point, how do I go about it? I, I had no idea, you know, not being in college or any of that stuff. So I literally would spend, I mean, this might not sound the best. I wouldn't spend hours and hours every day, but I would spend a lot of time on my computer, obviously with Telegram up. And so anytime anyone joined Kyber, new members who maybe had a question, you know, I would do my best to respond to their question, try and get them the help they need if they're confused about how the project works um, or even with their own criticism, you know, it's getting into those discussions with them. And then not only that, the funniest part is like, literally there's a lot of scammers. If you don't know, like there's scammers all over Telegram who will constantly be like joining the group and just spamming weird scam stuff. And so the other thing I would do besides just, you know, answering questions and helping out is literally just replying to these scammers and saying, Hey, this is a scam, you know, don't do it or do whatever. Yeah. And it, it seems so silly, but yeah, that's how, I mean, and then eventually the Kyber team, they were picked up like, wow, this guy, you know, he, he obviously likes our project. He's dedicated. He's spending a lot of time. And that's really like what really kickstarted everything from there. Um, Okay. So yeah, it was this, this criticism that you had on the Reddit post, then you got involved on Telegram and you're helping new people there. Um, I guess, what about that, the specific point at which the team kind of recognized that you were interested in even being hired? So I, I remember to this day, actually, um, you know, obviously every day me doing that on Telegram, I, I was kind of talking to the team somewhat just, you know, they obviously appreciating me always being helpful. It, it actually helped because I'm a from America, they were based out of Singapore. So there was a huge window where only like I was online, whereas a lot of the admins were off. But anyway, I wake up one morning and they're like, Hey man, you know, we noticed, we recognize your efforts. We really appreciate it. How would you like to come to East Denver? Uh, or sorry, not East Denver, East Waterloo, uh, 20, 2019 East Waterloo with, um, you know, with us and, and we'll pay for it. And I was like, wow, like this is absolutely awesome. You know, this is before I wasn't making a lot of money. I wasn't, you know, I, I was very passionate about crypto, but it was, you know, it wasn't my job. And so they reached out willing to pay for my plane ticket, my accommodation and everything. And I was like, 
this is it. Um, so this is still before I got any kind of job offering, whatever. But, um, you know, I went out there to East Waterloo. I met up with uh, Dennis from from Kyber and, and another team member. And um, yeah, just, you know, spent some time out there. It's not like, you know, I was out there having to do a bunch of labor for Kyber, prove to them anything. It was just more, they, they wanted me to go um, as a token of appreciation. And then, you know, I did that. And so I got close to the team, I'm sure. Um, nowadays, not a lot of events are going on, so it's, you know, wouldn't be the same. But uh, shortly after that, it was just, yeah, I, I think maybe a couple months later, they were like, we, you know, you're, you're doing awesome. You know, we, we appreciate this. We recognize you, whatever. We want to turn this into more of like a community ambassador role, which community management wasn't as huge back in, you know, 20, 2018, 2019. Um, so so it was community ambassador to start. And that's, you know, obviously again, what, what kickstarted, I was official, um, getting paid to just do what I already did out of my own, you know, uh, on my own time, um, which is spend time in the community. So. Yeah. So how, how long did that take from approximately give or take the time that you, uh, uh yeah. offered up that criticism to, you know, getting invited to Waterloo. And then, you know, obviously it was a couple months after that, 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 things yeah. became official but what is that yeah what kind of time frame I, is that i i would say roughly a year um granted i was working a full-time job out of the industry away from a computer um you know so i'm sure like this could have been you know much quicker than a year if i actually you know had the had the time but like this was all just on the side um so yeah roughly a year i think from the time i really got you know joined their telegram and really started going at it uh, from the time I was actually offered in a, you know, a role there. So, and this was right out of high school. You, you weren't, uh, your, I guess, traditional jobs that you were doing at that time didn't really have direct overlap into finance or insurance or other kind of crypto related, uh, skills, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Rather not get into that, what I was sure. doing, but it definitely was nothing to do with, um, anything finance, anything crypto, money, whatever. It yeah. was completely unrelated. So yeah. Um, I guess let's let's go back just a little bit. What you you mentioned that you're currently with Reality Cards. Um, I guess tell us a little bit about what Reality Cards is first. Yeah, Reality Cards is we're still in beta right now, so um, lot to do, lot going on yet. Uh, but we are a prediction market kind of mashed up with NFTs. So not your traditional prediction market where, you know, you might have auger where you say, Oh yes, this person's going to be president. No, this person's not. Um, but it actually takes NFTs in the mix. Um, and it has like a unique gamification model that I, I couldn't really get into it, you know, in a, in a one minute, um, thing right now, but, uh, yeah, basically prediction market gamified with NFTs is like the most simplest, uh, way to put it. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I saw that you were also uh, very active in the ETH network discord. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what that community is? Yeah, that's actually a community that I, I started myself. Um, some people think because of the name, I, I probably should have chosen a you know different name. Some people think like, oh, is this the actual ETH you know, community, it's, it's not like the official Ethereum, you know, anything like that. But um, this is actually something that I kind of started again, trying to make a name for myself. Uh, you know, I did this out of, you know, wasn't getting paid. No one pushed me to do this. I literally created 
it, it originally actually became a discord to educate people. I, I saw education was such like an under funded and just, you know, not a lot of people doing it uh, in crypto. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'm not a developer. What can I do to provide value to this ecosystem? And I thought, okay, education, even the simplest stuff, how to use MetaMask, how to, you know, this very basic stuff. While to me, it's so simple to someone else, it could be so valuable. And so I was like, okay, create this community. You know, how can we all collaborate? Anyone else who might be a non-dev, but they might be able to contribute education. Well, it quickly turned from education specifically into, you know, just a more open, general, everything Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, uh, related community. So, so now it's just, you know, we meet up every two weeks, we kind of get together. It's the, the sole purpose of the discord and community itself is just to meet up. Like we don't really do a whole lot, um, outside of having these biweekly calls, which I would love to, but, um, yeah, just one example of like that community building, like, you know, you, you can start from scratch, you can do whatever, you know, take something from nothing and just, you know, people will follow Like there's so many people in crypto, you don't have to be some super expert or thought leader, you know, to start your own community or to start calls or to start trying to educate people. And so that's kind of what I did. I was, you know, slowly built this up and just wanted people to have a chance to speak without having to feel like they need to be an expert or they need to, you know, be working on some crazy project uh, to come share, you know, show their interests. So cool. Um, sounds like a place that, yeah, people who are just genuinely passionate to, to, be involved and, um, you know, be helpful would, would congregate. So that's really cool. Um, would you say, so, I mean, that was a couple of years ago that you were invited to ETH Waterloo and, and things became official. Um, would you say that that same playbook of, uh, being involved on Reddit, Telegram, Discord, and just kind of getting your name out there, uh, is still the, uh, uh, useful path um for with if for people who are interested in eventually having a career in crypto 100% yeah i would i would say it's slightly modified from what i did you know things change quickly uh what i would change this time around is like you know the reddit part that kind of just got me to realize okay i should be using telegram or or nowadays twitter where everyone is um so my Reddit really wasn't as necessary, that whole spending so much time on there. I think nowadays I would I would definitely recommend people if they're kind of looking to do a similar path, like they think, you know, not a dev, maybe community related something. Um, definitely like DAOs even nowadays, uh, like Bankless DAO is one that I think is really awesome. But just like these DAOs or wherever people are congregating, basically. Um, also crypto Twitter, but uh the the most important thing i think is like focusing on maybe not necessarily focusing on one thing you don't want to be too narrow sighted but if you're not in the space at all um you know career wise job wise whatever and that's what you want i don't think the best idea is to just okay make a twitter and then start um excuse my language but shit posting all over crypto twitter and like try and make a name for yourself I think the most important thing for people that are like literally starting from ground zero, similar to me and you know what I did with Kyber is find that project that you really like or you think is really cool. You don't even have to be invested. Um, just you know if if there's any project you think is really cool and and awesome, focus that. You know you can branch off and 
and still obviously go do whatever you want in other communities and, and, and anything else. Uh, but the important thing is like the repetition in that one community where you can, you know, really, for me, it helped because, uh, you know, there's a lot of changing technology. So for me to really just focus on Kyber at early stage, I, I was very um, knowledgeable in, in Kyber related stuff. So that helped, you know, because anyone coming along in the Kyber social channel, stuff like that, you know, I was able to communicate and help and talk about it without feeling like, uh, maybe I don't know this, or maybe I should check with the team type thing. Um, so yeah, I think focusing on, on one project, really getting yourself out there, even if it's not, you know, in hopes to work for that specific project, you, you still will go noticed, you know, you're not going to go unnoticed if you are hanging around helping and, and just being an overall active community member, you don't have to be helping people every day, how, you know, with the very basic, like customer support type stuff, uh, definitely not, but just, yeah, I think getting a name for yourself in one community, building that up and slowly kind of branching that off as well. Yeah. So going deep and becoming, becoming the expert, uh, in that one community is a lot better than just, you know, randomly commenting on a bunch of different, uh, different forums. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what are some of the biggest challenges of having a job and, and keeping a job in crypto? Yeah. Uh, part of it for me, especially like living in the U S of course, uh, and being new to all this taxes are a pain, um, dealing with all that as well as the volatility, of course, like you got to understand you are in an industry where, almost everything is investable. You know, I don't know if that's the proper word, but you know, almost everything you can invest in in this industry. So you are having people that are going to be angry. You're going to have people that are going to want you to pump their bags or, you, you know, they're, they're mad because their bags haven't pumped. You know, they might join the Kyber group and, hey, why isn't this token going up? Or, ah, oh, this project's so terrible because, you know, they maybe lost money or something. And and so I think like, you know, this space can get definitely very emotional given how, you know, volatile everything is. So that's one challenge, you know, um, is just kind of navigating the the community and not, you know, really kind of pissing everyone or anyone off too much. Um, but otherwise, really, I think the, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't think there is a whole lot of challenges. I, I think it's everything's so very early on. I think the biggest challenge is kind of staying up to date, uh, making sure you know you're still able to stay on top of what's relevant. Like being able to siphon you know the signal from the noise and kind of um, that's one of the most valuable skills I think is being able to realize like yeah maybe I should learn how this works, but this I don't need to know how that works so much. And being able to do that because crypto goes so quick that like one week in crypto you know you you probably always hear this, but one week in crypto is like two months in the real world, just because how quick everything goes. Um, so yeah, staying on top of information and what's going on. Uh, that's probably the hardest part. Have you developed any kind of like mental models or um, I guess, do you have any guidance for people specifically on, on developing that uh, ability to separate the signal from the noise? Mm, not specifically that I can like directly offer insight for me. I kind of, you know, um, I, I guess, I don't know how I, I've just developed how to do it over the years, yeah, but just time I think space. the, yeah, but I think what it, like the one tip on that, that I would give people, um, is to focus on Ethereum. really. I mean, you, you know, people can, 
And, and I don't mean to say that, obviously, I, I'm definitely biased towards Ethereum, but that's where everything's going on. That's where the developers are, developers are. That's where the innovation is. So yes, there might be something cool going on on a different chain or this or that, but really like you should stick to the one thing. So for me, it's like, I know that first of all, focus Ethereum and Ethereum related projects. I'm not going to spend time learning about Cardano and the Cardano ecosystem or or ICP or these other ones. Not to say that I hate them or think they're bad. I actually have no input on them whatsoever, really, um, at least that I will get into. <laughs> but um, just like, yeah, I, I guess really knowing where people are and what people are kind of doing. So, you know, if we know a lot of our people are on Ethereum, that's probably where you want to spend your time is focusing on Ethereum related projects and definitely not the ones that are like clearly pump and dumps or Ponzi's where it's like the, the sole purpose is a Ponzi as opposed to like actual innovation or like they're actually trying to do something cool, you know, like sure. um, safe moon. I, I barely know anything about it. I think that's on Ethereum, but I think it's quite literally a Ponzi kind of like uh, in the past, they had like proof of strong hands or stuff like that. I don't know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's, where it's yeah, clearly, clearly not worth your time. Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're looking yeah. for a job, that's not the place to get it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, so I guess one of the other aspects uh, that I think people who are thinking about getting a job in crypto, um, an, an obvious question would be, and, and you can answer this generally, not necessarily, you know, with your with your situation or your specific arrangement, but when people get a, a, a job with a protocol or project that is, um, should they expect to be paid in the native token of that project or what's kind of the general expectation there? That is very common in the space. So if you, you know, so while it is very common, um, I, I think it is also kind of commonplace where like you can talk to them and say, hey, I don't want to receive the native token. Can you convert it? Um, and you, they, they might get stable coins. What, what I think is like you're almost not going to avoid is just being paid in crypto. Um, so a lot of times, you know, these places will offer you, okay, you want our native token or maybe a stable coin. Um, and, and you can take that stable coin, which is probably, you know, easier tax purpose and stuff. But um, being paid an actual USD hitting your bank account isn't too common, I would say. You know, it is common if you're, you know, doing these big co corporation um, or corporate jobs, you know, Coinbase or a big exchange or like something that's, you know, very, very big. But um, yeah, I would say being paid in crypto and, and definitely the native token isn't unheard of. Um, and also, you know, what I've seen too is like, uh, maybe a bonus or allocation in this native currency, whereas like your actual pay or salary is paid in like a stable coin. Um, but yeah, most people are paying in crypto. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then uh, let's see, what are some of the most like rewarding parts of crypto? Like why would somebody, you know, I think that there's a lot of um, kind of assumptions about what people might enjoy about it, but uh, for you, what are the most rewarding parts about it? Yeah, for me, um, I've come to realize it's definitely not the money. While money's nice, you know, and it's yeah, it, it's not the end goal. It's not the okay. This is why I love it. Um, it. Being a community guy, it of course is definitely the community, the atmosphere. You know, I've never seen anything like it. Going out to 
uh, like the, these events, you know, like you've got these hackathons that with COVID, you know, not so much, uh, but things like ETH Global hackathons and DevCon and um, and even virtual events, but like it is literally the community, the, uh, so many amazing people. And it's like this industry, it, it really does feel like you're hanging out with a bunch of like early nineties nerds who are all hacking away on like .com, you know, uh, uh, projects and in early internet projects where they're all, you know, kind of, um, you know, what would you call it? almost outcasts, uh, just cause we're all, you know, believers in crypto. Uh, so you just get all sorts of different walks of life. And I, I love seeing that, you know, born and raised in the Midwest in America, uh, you, you don't get a lot of anything. Um, so these past few years, yeah, just meeting all these people, getting to meet all these different people. And it's just been so amazing and probably one of my favorite parts, um, especially actually going to the events. Once COVID lightens up, if you have, you know, if anyone listening has the funds to hit one of these events and, and check them out. It is it is very awesome. I will say, um, lots to do. Always a, a, an amazing time. Really nice. is. Um, so I guess just bouncing back, you know, you're speaking of these these in person events. Mm-hmm. When you were invited to that ETH Waterloo conference, obviously you were building up a reputation for yourself at that point, and you were invited because they valued your contribution. But was there any kind of like? intimidation or or like imposter syndrome or anything like that from from going there and being involved or or was that not an issue for you yeah um i would say go at, at that point it wasn't so much imposter syndrome at that point i was more like okay i'm meeting these guys on the internet i'm staying in an airbnb with people i've never met uh you know i was like a little worried about that but not to do with like okay i'm intimidated as in like maybe i'm not knowledgeable enough um, that type of thing, just because, you know, this is crypto, it, it is so early. And so to think that, wow, everyone else is so much smarter than me and blah, blah, blah. Like that is just, it's totally wrong. Um, yeah. You're not going to be the smartest person in, in crypto always, but crypto is so new, such new of an asset class and everything that like, you know, people, even if you are just getting into it, you're not far behind whatsoever. And if you focus on, you know, if you like infrastructure, focus on infrastructure, and you can get to, you know, the top real quick. And as far as being knowledgeable, like there isn't a whole lot, you know, where some industries you have like 30 years of stuff that, you know, it's like, yeah, it takes a lot to get caught up. Um, I would say the imposter syndrome definitely hits harder, like more as I built that reputation. Um, especially now, like on Twitter, uh, just because like the amount of followers I have, like people automatically kind of attribute that to, oh, you're a thought leader now, basically, because you have so much followers and whatever. And it, it's not true in the sense that I'm a thought leader. I mean, I guess I don't really make that decision, but um, I, the imposter syndrome hits hard for that because it's like, I, I'm the same person, but now it just feels like I have such, everyone's has such high expectations of me because I, you know, I, I am more known in the space and, um, you know, everyone knows me. So it's like, then I feel like, oh shit, now everyone's got their eyes watching me and, you know, I got to make sure I say the right stuff or this or that. Um, so that definitely early on, it was, it was amazing. Cause that didn't happen. You know, I was, <laughs> Uh, if you actually like look at my early tweets, uh, compared to like nowadays, it's like <laughs> nowadays I'm just mostly just posting uh stuff related to you know reality cars and just kind of joking here and there but early on i was like even being critical of other people on twitter and that type of stuff but nowadays it's like i just kind of avoid that 
Um, but it's comes and goes imposter syndrome, that kind of stuff. Uh, other people have talked about it. Like it definitely hits, um, in crypto hard, I would say if at a certain point, but, um, definitely not something to worry about. I think getting into, into crypto, there's so many people that aren't knowledgeable at all. So it's, yeah, there's always somebody you can help out. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been, you know, I, I guess I first got kind of active or, or involved on on crypto Twitter and and was following that initially, and have have since been really curious about other sources of information that are like a little bit higher density signal to noise, you know. Um, and uh, I've heard people talk about you know checking out the governance pages, which have been incredibly interesting to 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 watch and, and investigate. Um, also the various projects, uh, like a lot of them have blogs on medium, which are excellent for mm-hmm. learning, but are there any other sources of information that you, that you don't think people are fully taking advantage of, or might not even be aware of that are, are kind of high density as far as the amount of information? Um, I, I do think like I, people like Anthony Sassano, he has this podcast. I, well, he also puts out like a blog post. It's like every day it's called the daily Gway, And that is like one resource that I, I direct a lot of people to just because he, he takes that, like he basically, you know, separates the signal from noise himself, puts it into, you know, a very condensed format. Um, and it's, it's jam packed usually. And so like, if you're kind of just starting, like, where do I begin? What governance do I pay attention to? Because there's so much governance going on that it's like, you know, you could have, yeah. Uh, so, so I think like places like that are a good step. Some of these people that, um, kind of do it for you. And then through that, you can kind of realize like, okay, so if I see he's constantly covering things like Ave and, uh, this and that, you know, obviously these are relative or not relative, uh, like reputable, popular projects in the space. So maybe I should focus on Ave and, and some of these things that he's mentioning. Uh, and, and so from there, you can take it the next step when you're ready uh, is to, like you said, focus on the government, you know, you could check out Ave's governance, their forums, their, their community, um, and, and other things. So, so I don't really have like the best resource. I, I do think, you know, some things like, um, Anthony's daily Gway and, and that sort of stuff is a great way to like get started just to know, like, like if you're watching and you kind of realize this repetition, okay, these projects are constantly mentioned, you know, then you can, you basically add them to your list of like, these are obviously important keep an eye on these and keep up with them. Um, yeah. But other than that, not really crypto Twitter is, is huge, but crypto Twitter is so easy to fall into, um, a, an echo chamber. You can, you know, easily just get very specific, uh, feed where it's like, you don't really get a lot of stuff outside of that. Uh, which could be bad, but also it's very easy to fall in like trader crypto Twitter, where like you're just getting tons of either shilling or chart posting and stuff like that. Like that's not why you should be using Twitter um, to be looking at charts or people saying, "Oh, it's going to go up, it's going to go down." You know, um, you should definitely, if you're going to utilize crypto Twitter, which is where like a lot of everyone is, uh, is definitely try and curate your Twitter feed to be like maximizing, you know, project releases or project updates and, and, you know, relevant stuff as opposed to prices and um, pumps and going up and down and that stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, having been in it since, you know, 2019 or so, uh, I guess you 
haven't necessarily been employed through a, a long-term, well, I guess, yeah, when COVID hit, there was that, obviously the big dip. Um, but what's, what are the kind of the risks of, of say a community manager role, uh, through a bear market? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the risk would be like, sure, maybe your project loses all their money or they, you know, can't sustain and keep going, uh, of which is obviously bad for you. But at the same time, bear market is where, I mean, community management still thrives. You're, uh, the problem is it's going to be more like um, instead of you being, it'll be more like damage control almost. So it's not <laughs> that much of a good thing because you're going to have a lot of upset people. Um, but, you know, community managers, even outside of a crazy bull market, they are in huge demand and even more so now. Like it's like if for every, you know, one community manager, I know like 10 people looking for one. Uh, so it's, it, it's crazy. I can't see, you know, a bear market having too much of an effect. If, if you're working for some huge project and they suddenly hire 10 community managers just to keep up with the bull market, which people aren't doing that really anyway, then obviously there's that risk of, okay, they don't need 10 community managers anymore because the community got cut in half, uh, because sure. the prices, a lot of people left, but, um, yeah, I, I don't see there being a whole lot of risk, especially if like, you know, you're not getting paid and you're in, in, in the native token. That's another risk for any crypto role, I guess. Uh, if you're not like selling it and you're stocking up and then boom, bear market, obviously that cuts into your pay. Um, but other than that, yeah, always need for community management, I'd say any type of market. Nice. And now what other non-dev job titles or positions are you aware of that, that people could learn more about? Yeah, other than community stuff, um, again, it's like, so community does fit so many different roles, but generally like it is marketing. I mean, you've got business development. Um, the thing, you know, things that are also common is like, uh, well, actually it's like, it, there's roles popping up all, all over the place. So it's like, you could have a specific role related to governance. Like, uh, for example, I don't even know what this official title would be, but for someone like Ave, where it's like governance is very important, there's constant activity going on in the governance. Um, you know, your entire role could be like curating this governance form, making sure everything's you know uh, getting sorted or whatever, relayed properly. And um, I, I mean, it's still in that sense almost a community role, just because you are dealing with the community. But to be honest, I I, I can't really I, I don't really have a whole lot of ideas. Like I know community roles, which isn't just community management, but community roles and developer roles. Those are the two biggest ones. Um, infrastructure, not so much. Like I've got a buddy who's, who's really good at networking and that type of stuff. And um, there are some positions opening up, you know, and that type of thing, but it's definitely not as in demand, uh, but they exist, you know, it's just much at a much less rate, you know, more people would need community managers because almost every project would have that. Whereas not every project needs to manage a bunch of infrastructure or networking or that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't really outside of community. I, yeah, sure. not a whole lot. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, yeah, from, from just the, the few folks that I've talked to so far, them, you know, from my, with my outsider perspective, um, it seems like there's consistent advice about take whatever you're interested in doing that's helpful and valuable to a specific community 
and start doing it and you will get noticed and mm -hmm. it'll be a likely be that you have a position that's based on however you were being helpful initially. And it almost mm -hmm. seems like the opportunities are such that you can almost create a job description prior to being hired. And then you get hired for that job description that you've created. Is that, is that somewhat oh, yeah. accurate or is that way off base? Yeah. No, that's completely accurate. I, yep. I would agree. Cool. 100%. All right. Well, we're coming up to time here. Um, anything else, any other advice you have for people who are interested in getting a job in crypto? Um, really? I mean, like I, I've probably said it already, but just a, make sure you're staying on top of you know things, staying educated in the space, and just apply yourself. Try and add value wherever you can. You know, even if it's something so simple that you're like, "Is this really even worth it?" Yes, it is worth it. Crypto is so early on that like it is so easy to get noticed, even for the most simplest things. You know, um, so just keep on you know trying to provide value wherever you can. Make your place. Um, and one thing too is like this is kind of on off the sidelines here, but is also your name. Like if you go in, you know, uh, crypto Twitter and every other social circle, and like nothing against, um, you know, the green frogs. Some have made their place, but if you go in with a typical Pepe the Frog, and your name is like uh, Bobby's, I, I can't even think of sure, just some really random with yeah. a bunch of numbers and yeah, that yeah. type of thing. That's not gonna be easy to like for people to kind of associate, you know, with over time, you know, try and like nail a cool username or cool name because it's crypto, a lot of anonymous people. Um, so it definitely is important to get naming and branding and that stuff. Uh, right. But, but yeah, that's what I would have to add. Sure. So, I mean, obviously you were successful as, you know, an anonymous, uh, presence. Do you think that mm -hmm. that is, do you think that there's a major downside to, staying anonymous or do you think that there's an advantage to having to using your real name uh i think it's a bit of both for me it's like now that i'm DeFi dude so when i was DeFi dude i was like one of the very first people who even had DeFi in my name uh and so at the time it was like unique it was cool but nowadays it's like you know one out of every 30 people have DeFi in their name so the big downfall for me is it's it would be very hard for me to kind of uh steer away from DeFi dude you know if i ever want to be go by my real name. Yeah, I could do that. But then people aren't going to be able to associate that with DeFi dude right away. Some might, you know, but it's, I would lose a lot of that, um, you know, my branding just because people know DeFi dude uh, in and out. Um, sure. So I guess that's the downfall. But at the same time, it also does have its upsides. Because if you are an anonymous person, you can't choose a cool name that's repetitive. Whereas like, you know, there, there might be... 5 million Johns in the world, you know, everyone's going to know John, like that's not going to, no, nothing against Johns or anything, but um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's easier to make your name when you have something unique. Like I think like Scoopy Truples, it's such a, you know, that's someone on crypto Twitter, they, they're actually behind a popular project now, but it's like, it's a, it's a silly name, but you remember it, you know, Scoopy Truples. It's like, it just, it yeah. sticks with you sometimes too. So it, it has its pros and cons, I'd say. Um, I, I don't think you really have to decide one or the other. If you're comfortable going by your real name, um, you can still make a name for yourself. That is no problem. Um, I guess the one last thing to add as far as an upside for being anonymous is just, you know, this is crypto. So if, you know, you go by your real name, obviously privacy security is important. So, um, you know, you'd be easier to target or track and stuff like that if that's your worry, if, you know, um, if you don't have proper stuff in place for that, but otherwise, yeah. Cool. Well, um, 
thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. I think there's a ton of stuff in there that I found useful. So uh, yeah. I'm assuming that everybody who listens will will find it useful as well. Uh, your username is DeFi Dude on Twitter. Uh, I assume that that's the same across all platforms where people might find you. Uh, yep. Anywhere specific yep. or anything that you wanted to promote or direct people toward? Um, just yeah, my my Twitter has some links in it. My uh, Discord and Reality Cards, you can find me there. Um, both uh, both places, uh, but nothing too specific. So thanks for having me on. I mean, this was great. Uh, always happy to try and help people out who are curious about getting into crypto. That's for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that was that was really great.